This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening. About seven minutes past nine, live and direct from Toronto, the capital of cool here in uh, Canada. My name is Vinnie White. I'm going to be doing a radio show for the next hour or so. It's a news-flavoured milkshake with dollops of last week's news sprinkled with slapdash journalism put together with the enthusiasm you might find in a stone sloth. It's Vinnie White with the Vinnie White Show. Uh, you can get in touch with the show on 416-872-1010 or you can text the show on 71010. Coming up tonight, I talk about a drive-by yogurt attack, a duck fight, and a Serbian hermit. I know that no one else is doing that. I know that. Oh, I've got to turn my phone off. I forgot the basics. You don't want to be interrupted by that. I've just got a new one. You can tell her to do everything. Turn off. To power off your iPhone, press and hold the power button. Then slide the button on the screen. Right. That was helpful. So what's she for? You should ask her. Right. Why do you exist? I assist. Therefore, I am. Oh, very clever. I can't... I I, I didn't expect that. Did I just get put down by a phone? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was in a really cocky place thinking, whatever she says, I'm going to be the winner. And she's... Oh, shut up. Now she's banging on. Just turn off. Oh, I don't know where it is. They've, I've got a new phone. I've got the iPhone 6. Um, and they've moved the button. I don't know why I'm surprised by that. They change everything, every model, don't they? Well, you would want a lot of changes, right? I'm going to do a cocky ad. Now it's better than ever. Everything's been reimagined. It's usually a patronising Brit as well, isn't it? Because I think the head of design at Apple is British. We work together to just make people's lives easier. I hear British people sound like they're from the future. Yeah. Is it true that people still think that we add an air of intelligence? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I hope this show is single-handedly ruining that thought. For sure, you're smashing stereotypes. <laughs> That's weekly. why I'm here, yeah. And I'm not evil. Double whammy. I'm not intelligent or evil. How can I be British? Um, good evening. I hope you're going to enjoy the show. I am, I think. And I have to warn you, um, I won't be doing one for a little while because um can't be bothered with the cold, frankly. So I'm going down to uh, Central America. I did want to do it from there, but I think it would sound awful. It would probably be, you know, a bit dodgy with the internet connection. It would probably sound a bit like this. Good evening to the radio show. It's going to change the world and love it. Everything's great. What? You know what I mean? Who's doing this show when I'm away? Is it Ed Keenan, I think? Maybe. No one's told me. You know what? The world's going to keep turning. Let's not worry about it. I probably won't notice. Some news this week. Uh, Palin's back. The comedy-loving part of me wanted to be happy about that, but then I remembered, you know, it's Palin. I mean, don't get me wrong, she's intelligent, she's articulate, she's a great mother, she's green. But, uh, oh no, sorry, that's... that's. Uh... Um, but she is comedy gold. I think we can all agree with that. Also, she is clear and dynamic, isn't she? Sometimes when I listen back to this podcast, I think I could have been clearer. Then I listen to Palin and realise that I am magic on the microphone. Do you want some proof? Here it is. Things must change for this cover. Our government, look at it. It isn't too big to fail. It's too big to succeed. 
It's too big to succeed, so we can afford no retreads or nothing will change with the same people and same policies that got us into this, the status quo. Another Latin word, status quo. Right. It goes on, doesn't it? Isn't there another bit? Not that it makes any more sense later. Yeah, it comes up in just a second. Okay. It must change. Things must change for this cover. Our government, look at it. Yeah. It, it isn't too big to fail. Right. It's too big to succeed. This it's is the too big version. to succeed right. so we can afford no retreads right. or nothing will change mm. with the same people and same policies oh. that got us into this, the status quo, another Latin word, status quo, right. and it stands for, man, the middle class, everyday Americans are really getting taken for a ride. <laughs> That's status quo. And GOP leaders, by the way, uh, you know, the man can only ride you when your back is bent. So strengthen it. Then the man can't ride you. American won't be taken for a ride because so much is at stake. And we can't afford politicians playing games like nothing more is at stake than, oh, maybe just the next standing of theirs in the next election. Uh, thank you for fading out. It might, I've listened to that numerous times and it makes less sense every time. The man can only ride you when your back is bent. That one goes down in history. I like the um, status quo. That's another Latin word. It's two. And that stands for the, the government's going to, the man's going to get you. Something about middle class people. Yeah. Let's not take it too seriously. It's nice to remix her every now and then, though, because one thing she does lend herself to is taking that absolute rambling gibberish and throwing it behind some big, fat, juicy beats like this. Beautiful. I was going to do a bit about Trump, and then I realised that I can't be bothered. Right, move on. Leave them behind, as hopefully the uh, intelligence of the people that have the ability to vote in the United States will also do. Moving on. One of my best headlines, possibly this year, I, I'd say this year, definitely this week, is this. 
drive-by yoghurt attack on crochet teacher's haberdashery. Get in! Do you like that? That's awesome. That's Patrick, the producer, by the way. I should have introduced you earlier. Drive-by yoghurt attack on crochet teacher's haberdashery. That's, that's one for the pub that night, isn't it? Do you hear about Betty? You know, the, the crochet teacher with the haberdashery. Got yogurted. See, normally I'd say yoghurt, but I know that that's... I, there's a few words I've made the effort to change, so I'm going to go for yoghurt. I prefer the British version. Do you? I'll do a mix. Classes it up a bit. <laughs> I think that's how gangs should ha- handle all of their uh, turf disputes is sort of soft liquids being hurled at each other. If you stop me again when I'm walking, I will cover you in yoghurt. Do you understand me? <laughs> Peaches or blueberry. Yeah. The hunt is on for a yoghurt-throwing convertible driver after two drive-by dairy attacks in Dorset, followed by another one somewhat later on. Great journalism there. Serial. Can't we call it three, then? <laughs> two <laughs> followed by another one. I think that's three. Three makes it a serial uh, yoghurter, though. There's a joke in there, isn't there? Granola joke. Oh! I don't know where it is. Why did I say that? There's definitely one in there. I didn't do it justice. One Cherbourne business, right, southern England... Owner has been left shaken following an unprovoked street attack with a carton of yoghurt as she prepared for a crochet workshop. How would you provoke it? How <laughs> <laughs> hey, you with a convertible? <laughs> what do you get? You got any dairy products? Well, that's the only way you could, you could do that. Do, uh, convertible's pretty brave, too. Everybody's got to recognise this person. It's happened last week as I well. Assume it's chilly. Chilly. Even in southern England, it's chilly. You oh, don't yeah, want to be driving around with a roof. To... Very, very pre-planned, clearly. Uh, there is a man with a convertible out there who hates crochet workshops. Her name, uh, the poor one that had the haberdashery, well, she still has the haberdashery, it's just slightly less clean than it used to be, is Alison Nurton. She's the founder of the haberdashery called Butterfly Bright. How can anyone hurt a woman called Alison who owns a haberdashery called Butterfly Bright? He should be put down for years. That sounds quite sweet. She was arriving at her new premises uh, in Somerset. Oh, she just got it as well. Nice new shop to teach a croquet workshop at around 7.05 on Wednesday when a yoghurt was thrown at her and the entrance of her shop. I like that journalism there. To teach a croquet workshop, workshop she arrived at around 7.05. That's a bit early. You can't arrive around 7.05. You <laughs> arrive around 7, don't you? That's like saying oh, yeah, there's about coffee. 101 different coffees available in that coffee shop. Well, they're not about 101. Anyway, she said, um, as I was unlocking the door, I heard a loud bang and felt something splatter in front of me. I thought it was an egg at first, and then I saw a broken yoghurt pot on the floor and realised that I was covered in yoghurt. It was all over the door, pavement and the wall of the shop entrance as well. I turned around to see a convertible car with its roof down, disappearing off down Cheap Street. Cheap Street. I can guarantee you I can't afford a house in Cheap Street. I wasn't able to get the registration uh, as I was in such shock. She goes on to say, Two boys were walking up the road and heard me calling out after the car. Realising I was in some distress, they asked me if I was all right and if if they could help. All I wanted to do was get inside and lock the door behind me. I was ever so shaken, she said. I think you do need to shake a yoghurt. It seems... It wasn't an isolated incident, says the report, as another yoghurt pot was seen on the pavement outside the Crown Pub and another one was thrown at a local fish and chip shop. So it's not her. It's This guy is yogurting the town. He should ta- she should take solace in that. It was not personal. And also, that's like, you, whoever, you can't hate all of those things. 
can you? If you hate crochet, you probably like a pub. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You if like you, a drink. If you don't like a pub, you probably like crochet, or at least fish and chips. No one on this planet hates crochet, pubs, and fish and chips. If, if they do, they're mental. I wonder if he, he yogurted the crochet place, then went and had a drink and then needed to fill up on some fish and chips. And uh, he's just yeah. spilling yogurt the entire time. I wonder what motivated it to start with as well. Did he just get in his car and think, oh, it's the wrong flavour! I am <laughs> right, that is it! You know? Um, coming up in this... Because we only cover the most important news from around the world in this show, as you know. Um, later on, this is the article I'll be doing, right? This is a headline, and I'm not joking. Duck walks into pub, drinks pint, fights dog, loses, maintains <laughs> bow tie. <laughs> that, if you're thinking, tell you what, this show's off to a shaky start, hang about, I'll do it again. Duck walks into pub, drinks pint, fights dog, loses, maintains bow tie. Actual headline coming up. And there's probably important stuff happening. Who cares when you've got ducks and dogs fighting? All that, and I will talk to Amanda Capito about actual news briefly. We're going to be talking about this new $75 tax, or $75 fee, which last time I checked is a tax, on processing a tax. Yes, Toronto, do you like paying for your land? Yes, you do. And wouldn't it be nice if you could pay a fee to process paying for your land? Actually happening. All that coming up. You're listening to Vinnie White and Patrick, the producer. This is News Talk 1010. <laughs> You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. So, Patrick, um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I've been thinking about um, maybe you could help me with something. You know, there's a lot of people in my life that I love dearly, and to prove my love being that such a materialistic society, I have to occasionally give them gifts. Now, recently, I've bought this lovely SLR camera, and it takes a real sharp... A sexy picture, even of ugly old me. Wouldn't it be great if I could come up with some sort of a gift idea for my loved ones? Any thoughts? Well, I have heard of a place. What's it called? MrPhotoCanvas.com MrPhotoCanvas.com, I say back, knowing fully well what you just said, but I did it in a way that would then lodge into the listener's mind. I'll do it again to be borderline condescending. MrPhotoCanvas.com Indeed, that is the name. What do they do then? I believe they take your digital or uh, photo prints and enlarge them onto a lovely canvas. Are they cheap? But what really is important, as well as that price, is quality. Absolutely. Well, That's the name of the game at mrphotocanvas.com. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, actually. We've never done it in reverse before. You were better at it than me. I was not prepared, but I think I did it good. I didn't want to panic and forget the name of the website I've only heard for the last, you know, two years, I guess. <laughs> Duck walks into a pub, drinks pint, fights dog, loses, maintains bow tie. Actual headline. There's so many questions. Let me uh, unmuddy these waters for you, Patrick. Britain's booziest duck. Aren't I proud to be British today? That's the first question right there is, where's this happening? Yeah. Britain's booziest duck that became a celebrity for downing pints in his local pub has been seriously injured in a brawl with the dog. The bird, called Star, yeah, that's the duck's name, Star, Star the duck, 
is well known for waddling around pubs, wearing a bow tie and swigging ale from a glass. There are times I remember I come from a very extroverted country with flamboyant and odd people. Um, the booze-loving duck and his handler, Barry Heyman, are a regular sight in their local taverns, some of which actually have their own stool for Star the Duck. Star's drinking days could be over after an altercation with a dog after returning from his favourite watering hole, the old courthouse inn. All right. Star came to blows and lost out this week to a pooch called Meggie, which also belongs to Star's owner, Barry. Hang on. What's he doing? So he owns the dog and the duck, and he's in a pub that's not called the Dog and Duck. That's weird. Um, <laughs> that just occurred to me. If you, if you own a dog... Don't own a duck. And if you own a duck, don't own a dog. Dogs and ducks are, are of ownership, mutually exclusive. Exactly. Sworn enemies. Dogs and ducks don't work, as is evident. I knew that, and this is just proving what I probably knew if someone were to stop me and say, do you think dogs get on my ducks? I have fed my dogs duck. Oh, that's made it even weirder, isn't it? Have you got dogs? I had dogs, yes. Was it leftover duck? Exactly. The fatty bit. You know? Loved it. The gristle that. and the sinew and stuff. All right, mate. Think of the vegans listening. They had a Mexican standoff and stared at each other before the hound pounced, leaving the duck with his bottom beak split down the middle. Nasty. Oh. Barry rushed the beer-loving avian to the pets, not to the pets, to the vets. It's so confusing. <laughs> He's got pets. He rushed him to the vet. You get the idea. Uh, Barry rushed his duck to the vet, right? And uh, he was put on painkillers. And the duck started his recovery. Barry of Devon, southern England, said, uh, Star pushed his luck too far and Meggie snapped, splitting Star's bottom beak right down the middle. He gave her a stare, then promptly stood on her back. And it wasn't nice, he said. I was scared to lose Star. If they're having a Mexican standoff, you know they're about to kick off. Why are you just watching it? Yeah, this is the he owns both the animals, so interfere. And how does one promptly stand on a dog's back? That's what it said, right? I think, hang on, he gave her a stare. Is Star female? The duck? Uh, I've lost who's who. Who's the, what's the dog called? The dog is called Meggie, so that's female. So he gave her a stare. So the duck looked, stared at the dog. Best thing on News Talk 1010 right now. This is journalism. Then promptly stood on her back. Yeah, you're right. The duck stood on the dog's back. That's the point where you got to get in. So maybe the duck, it sounds like the duck started it, which is important. You know, It instigated it, well, from the owner's point of view. Well, in a court of law. I mean, this is almost definitely going to go to court, in my mind. Grandfather of one, Barry... A former scuba diving instructor in Australia lives with his wife. There's so many facts in here. Just say grandfather, not grandfather of one. Yeah. And do we need to know what he used to do? (laughs) I don't know. There's column inches are very scarce in this paper. They plucked Star from the incubator in 2011 when he was just days old, right? Apparently he didn't get on with his siblings, his other little ducky mates. Or dogs either. As Chick Barry walks round with... What? As a chick, Barry walked round with Star in his top pocket. But he... <laughs> I feel like I'm in a dream, right? But he, he developed a real uh, a taste for real ale in these early years. Right, well, that's Barry again! Like, the duck's not going wandering off, walking into pubs and 
sipping on kegs. Barry's the cause of all of these problems. <laughs> He's feeding the duck booze. No wonder the duck's hammered. Thinks he can <laughs> have a fight with a dog. Yeah, it's just become belligerent with dogs once it gets a couple of drinks in it. Barry's like that guy years ago that started bum fights. That immoral thing where they used to get provoke homeless people. Yeah, to fight. He's the sort. He's just making trouble happen, but that normally wouldn't happen. Thankfully, our star is a tough cookie, he said. And it looks like he's come out okay. Not sure we came out quite as well. We're really upset about it. He seems to be bouncing back nicely, though, which is good. Barry was concerned the injury would leave Star with a lisp. Right. Now, I've got this has gone off the radar mad now because I thought all ducks had lisps. I suppose. I guess not from a duck's point of view, though. Haven't all ducks got lisps? Or am I just heavily influenced by Donald and Duffy? Yeah, I suppose you're taking too much from duck literature. I can't think of a famous duck without a lisp. Text in, ducks without lisps, 71010. Do you know a duck without a lisp? Then text, 71010. Right, let me get through this article because it's getting proper weird. Vets have assured Barry uh, that Star should make a full recovery... And go on stage again. Oh, this just gets weirder. So it turns out, right, that one of the reasons he's wandering around with a duck with a bow tie on is it's like a stage partner. He does a ventriloquy act. Because the, the duck is actually mute. I think he was joking about the lisp. Because I, I saw a report on it. I'll play you in a minute. I know you're on the edge of your seats. And I don't think the duck talks anyway. So I think the lisp thing was a gag. Um, but... It turns out that Barry makes money out of this duck. Like, not in circuses, but he does these little shows for kids and stuff. And I think he charges a few few dollars. Uh, anyway, the reason I know all this is Star has its own Facebook page, right? If you want to look up Star the Duck, it's Star Heyman, which it actually gets even more confusing because um, that's not Barry's last name. <laughs> I, no way so is it is it adopted from a former family oh, anyway let's not get too into this anyway the the point of this is i don't think there is one to be honest we've gone too long about it anyway but i think the ultimate point is that the duck's gonna be fine the dog's all right everyone's gonna crack on but if you think that i'm i'm lying and even i'm starting to think i'm lying about all this here's the official report Usually it's a dog that's a man's best friend, but for Barry Heyman, it doesn't walk on four paws, it waddles on two webbed feet. His best friend is a duck named Star, who follows him everywhere he goes, whether it's down the shops or ducking into the pub for a pint. Barry's a duck breeder by trade, but noticed when this animal hatched, he was shunned by his siblings, so he decided to rear him himself, and since then the pair have been inseparable. In the car, you don't mind that. He drives in the car with me. Um, he goes to, to when I'm doing things like training the sheepdogs. Um, he comes with me there. Next thing you know, we were going up the main street together and, um, and then going to the pub with him. Uh, and everybody absolutely... It's lovely to see people's faces because most people don't... Um, they don't get to see a duck, let alone meet one. And yet everybody loves them. Um, so, yeah, he goes down really well. And he loves it. Barry admits he's trained ducks for competitions before, but insists he hasn't trained this one. 11-week-old Star has become quite a celebrity in his hometown of Eastleigh in Devon. Not that he's always keen on the attention. 
Well, there you go. Enough about the duck. Um, some text in so far. Probably the most wise one. Um, sage to the point. Why are you still talking about the damn duck? Fair point. Um, and no one's really uncovering the are there any famous ducks without lisps question, which is, I think, one of the most important issues of our modern day uh, because the question's just been extended. Someone said, did Howard the Duck have a lisp? I don't know, did he? Who's Howard the Duck? Um, I think he was. it was a pop song in the early 80s, before your time. Um, and then someone else says Scrooge McDuck. Was Scrooge Mc, uh, does Scrooge McDuck have a lisp? No, actually. Ah, good. Okay, great. Yeah, he spoke normal. Shall we move on to something else? I think we're petering out a bit. Do you think we've milked this duck? Even from the tone of our voice, I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> we're going to do a break, and then we'll come back with some actual news. Me and Amanda Capito, who does news. Promise. Next. <laughs> This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. In French, Curtain is Rido. She covers the news like one. It's Amanda Capido. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, hello. <laughs> the sad thing is that's about as good as it gets. And for the next three weeks, there's no newsy poos. I know I'm heartbroken. You're going to be away. I know. It's a shame we can't. Do it from Central America, from a chicken bus, but I feel Yeah, like... can I call you up in Nicaragua? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this week, you've got us. Right, let's do some Toronto news. What's happening? Because I'm a bit confused about this potential charge. I heard about it briefly. Explain it to me. Yes, so the Budget Committee is going to be meeting on Tuesday. They're looking at a proposal from Councillor Gary Crawford, and he's putting forth a proposal where a processing fee, essentially an administration fee, is going to be charged on municipal land transfer tax payments. Right. So it's a $75 charge that would be um, effective as of April 1st, if it's passed, that it would be a fee that you'd have to pay to pay your fee. (laughs) Which is a fee that's already being paid on top of another fee. So let's do it from the basics. If I was to buy a $100,000 apartment here in Toronto, (laughs) that's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) Well, Uh, this is the whole thing that if you can afford one of these homes at $75 in the end, who cares? In the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. Yeah, but I've recently bought a place, and there's so much of that. Yeah, so little much. things. Oh, there's a lawyer's fee. It's a grand. Oh, yeah. there's the there, there's the bank. They gave me a mortgage, which has a massive fee yeah. and, and a reasonable rate because interest rates quite low. And there was a processing fee from the bank. Sorry, then surely I don't pay for that. Yeah. So it's yet another fee. Here's how it goes at the moment: if you buy a property here in Toronto, you pay the provincial land transfer tax, a tax, a one-off fee for that goes to the provincial government. And hopefully, I would hope to think, goes on to pay for hospitals, etc. Then you pay a Toronto Municipal Land Transfer Tax on top of that, which, if your property is over $400,000, and it will be because it's Toronto, <laughs> is 2% of the total property value. So it's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Then, what you're saying is... To pay that. that Someone, old Gwendolyn in accounts down at City <laughs> Hall, has been doing all this for free, and we've just realised that, so now we need to... Pay a fee on the fee that's on the fee. Right. Of $70. $75. 70, oh, 75 <laughs> Right. I was fine with 70 But now the I'm losing it. $5, no. That has sent me over the edge. So 
If this is a fee that was needed, why wasn't it here before? So, reportedly, the city's just been absorbing those costs up until now. But if people pay that, then the city will save $5 million a year. Which also, as I might argue, $5 million for the city is peanuts. But it's all these little costs that add up for the city as well, which is why we have budget issues. I mean, I'm just trying to do the maths on this. It doesn't seem to make sense already. Have you got a calculator? Oh, I'll use my iPhone. I've got a new one this week, and you can just tell her to do stuff, and she doesn't understand me because I've got an English accent. She, That's so funny. She won't understand because I say you're... Siri? You mean she as in Siri? She, yeah. Yeah, okay. It, really, I suppose, right. technically. Okay. You're a pain in the ass. I don't really like these arbitrary... Oh, I can't... See, it knew, though. No, I had to stop it because I've named myself something incredibly rude. Oh. Which she calls me. So she was about to say something really weird. Anyway, okay. the point of wow. this is... Thank, I'm really glad we did this. I know. It's rubbish, <laughs> isn't it? No, I, am, I am getting a little lens into the Vinny, the world of Vinny and his phone. <laughs> how much did you say? $75. No, how, how much will they make? Save $5 million a year. $5 million? Divided by 75, is that what you're doing? Yeah. $5 million divided by 75... So that would mean that 66,000 people have to move in Toronto every year. Oh, that's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that seems fine then. Well, I'm glad you fact-checked it, though. <laughs> Great. That's, as long as I'm not being ripped off, and according to that iPhone, it's all chickety-boo. So let's move on to the next topic. Oh, what are you going to do? They're always going to try and stiff you, aren't they? That's what councils and cities do. Just put up a fight when you can, really, if you can. Um, right. Serbian hermit gives away her entire inheritance. Okay. It's a great headline. That's, it's not often you get a headline about a Serbian hermit. How about hermits in general, let alone Serbian? Well, hermits by their very nature are... Her- yeah, avoiding the headlines. Exactly. Yes. So to try and get a hermit in a particularly a Serbian one, because yes. Serbian doesn't get a lot of press nowadays, um, means that she has to have quite a big fortune. And boy, does she... Okay. 86-year-old Serbian woman living as a hermit has inherited almost a million dollars. Now, weirdly, it's Australian dollars, right? But I looked it up because, as you can see, I'm a bit of a fact-checker. And the Australian dollar happens to be today completely par with the Canadian dollar. Wow. Which means if you are planning on a trip to Australia, just in a sense, it would be foolish to change your money because they use plastic money with a picture of a frumpy queen on it too. <laughs> <laughs> so just try to get by with Canadian yeah. dollars. Yeah. You know, apologise, you're Canadian, yeah. and they'll be fine. They're Australian. <laughs> Tickety-boo. Uh, anyway, she's 86, right? And she's she lives in a mud hut in the mountains of Serbia. She heard five years ago that her husband, living in Australia, has died. Okay. Right? That was five years ago. But that that's already a bit weird. So how did this happen, right? How, why is she still with her husband who lives in Australia? Right, so they're clearly not together, I would assume. Well, this is the thing. He They went out there as a couple in 1956. Out to Australia. To Australia, Western Australia. Right. He got a job as a carpenter in a factory, and she was just a housewife, right? She was happy with that. But then her mother got ill. So two years later, 1958, she moved back to Serbia, right? To take care of the mum. To take care of the mum. Her mum died. Okay. So you would think she was like, oh, well, I've done my bit. I'll right. pop back and see hubby. Yeah. Didn't bother. 
Right. She preferred it on her own. She never returned to Australia after her mother died, but kept in contact by letter for her husband for about 50 years. 50? 50. That was their life, right? And he was down for all this? Let's <laughs> presume he was having the physicals with someone else. I would assume. I mean, at that point, I don't know if it's even morally wrong, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm holding out for a shag. It's been <laughs> getting on for half <laughs> a century. So, um, Marja, that's her name, she never returned to Australia after her mother died, as I said. She was recently-ish con- contacted by the Aus- Australian lawyers, right? The lawyers said her husband owned some cattle ranches. And the lawyers said, we've been, trying to find, we've been trying to find you for years, but you're a nightmare to get hold of. To which she probably said, well, I live in, in a, in a mud hut. Yeah. In, in a mud hut in the mountains. So that's why apparently it came through from a neighbour of hers who lives in a similar mud hut but has a telephone. Wow. <laughs> this story's incredible. If you already. haven't learned anything tonight, you've learned that some mud huts in Serbia <laughs> have got telephones, but not 86 year old women's. Anyway, the point of this story is she got this money, right? Finally, it got through to her. Big fee for the lawyers, because they've been trying to track her down. It turns out she gets a million dollars, right? Gave it all away. Where'd she give it? Gave it to a local charity that um, helped other hermits, but not her. Wow. Yeah, there's a charity that goes around looking after old people that are on their own. But the weird thing is, they don't go to her house. Her philosophy is, I don't need anyone. I'm well happy in this mud hut. Everything's fine. I don't want a phone. I don't want any of this million dollars. But other people I know do get a bit lonely in these huts and they like to be visited by people and there's a service that does that, so I'll give it to them. This is so strange. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. I, I guess it's the ultimate selflessness. If, if you're, maybe, she, maybe we have to take a page out of her book. She's truly happy. The money was probably, she's thinking, only going to cause her stress. Well. What's she going to do with you it all? Know, absolutely. In fact, there is a quote from her here. She says... I don't need that money, in Serbian. It's enough for me to have bread, water and wood so I can keep warm in winter. Where I'm going soon, I don't need the money. So I gave it away. There's no need for anything else. Wow, very simplistic way of living. Very, like, monk-like. Marie has, Martha's, whatever faces, neighbours continue to occasionally visit her to make sure she's got enough wood. And now she's getting a bit older. She is 86. Sometimes they chop the wood for her. Her dogs remain her best friends. If you had to spend all your time alone, you, you wouldn't do it in a mud hut, would you? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. First off, I don't want to spend all my time alone. I'm a very extroverted type person. Yeah. I'm an extrovert, and I and I like being around people. Right, I'm a pervert. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no wonder we get along. No. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. No, you're not a pervert, and. Um, you're, I, I would imagine you would consider yourself an extrovert as well. Yeah. Everyone needs downtime at least at some point. What do you do to relax then? Yeah, so I, I'm notorious for not taking enough t- downtime for myself. Yeah. Um, but I just recently for Christmas got a gift from my aunt who is for, forced downtime. It's, it's a, there's a float tank. There's float tank therapy studios all around Toronto. Are you Michael Jackson reincarnated? <laughs> no. Get out of here. That no, sounds it, very Jacko-esque. What do you mean a float tank? It's um, it's supposed to be, they describe it as yoga for the mind. So it's... Isn't the, yoga already at least partially for the mind? Partially, but it's really supposed to like stretch your body and all your muscles, right? And activate 
muscles that you didn't you don't use on a daily basis right so it's kind of like that and I do do yoga so that is nice downtime that I take for myself but then this is now for the mind and you lie in a float tank that's highly the water is highly saturated with salt so that you float very easily like it's impossible oh, to say this sink. is a, a tank version of what uh, tourists do on the black sea yes yeah. yes yes and even the even the red sea is really salty and they can and you just float like without you can't sink even if you tried. Right. And so if you lie there, there's two different types of float tanks. There's one that's like a pod and it's closed. I think that would make me feel claustrophobic, so I'm not doing that one. But then there's open tank float sessions, they, they're called. And you pay, essentially you're paying like what you would for a massage. Yeah. About 50 bucks for an hour. And you lie down on your back and you can bring your own music or they have music. Is there anyone else in the tank? No, you can. I think you can do a couples one, but no, you're going by yourself. Right. And apparently, people have out of body experiences. Oh, wow. People, you're you really reflect, and you. I don't know. I haven't done it, but I'm going this Friday actually. Um, but you uh, you sit there for an hour, and something about the salt and the floating and being still in that position really does a number on your on your mind. Is there any music? Yeah, so you can bring music if you want or they they can put music on and it's like dim lights. You can bring your own music. Yeah. Iron Maiden, Motorhead. <laughs> I would imagine that doesn't work as well, whale. but it's probably whale music, isn't it, that they encourage. Yeah. You know. Maybe that. Yeah, aquatic sea like the sea sounds. Yeah. I don't know. But you can really it's whatever's going to get you into a relax a relaxing state. Why not um use this because this will be a podcast, you could download this and play it back to yourself when floating. So why not? Reach- yeah, I like you, Vinny, but I don't like you that much. I was gonna, I was thinking that you could calm yourself down by saying some calming words. Oh, let me do it then. Fine, Amanda, you're floating. Look at you. Think of the world. This is giving me tinglys. Imagine that you're not drowning, even though you are. <laughs> That's horrible. Imagine you can get out of here, even though you can't because they've locked the door. (laughs) You know that guy you saw on the way in? He's probably a pervert. He's in here as well. Oh, my God. The pervert. You're on the pervert (laughs) stream today. (laughs) That sounds really wrong. You're on a pervert (laughs) stream. Not a perverted streak, I hope. Anyway, good luck with it. I'll have to ask you about it when you come back. It sounds fascinating. Yeah, we're both going to have very relaxing experiences. You in Nicaragua. Yeah. You're going to be doing something much relaxing? I hope so, yeah. I'm going, I think I'll do a few Central American countries this time. I like it down there. It's nice and warm and there's diving and stuff and it's cheap, proper cheap. So, yeah, I'll probably be floating around. I'll probably put on, um, I don't really go for the the proper diving with a tank. I get a bit scared when I'm really submerged, like 20 metres is a bit, I can't be doing with it. So I usually just do a cheeky bit of snorkeling and then sit on a beach and have a beer. That's, That's my, beautiful. It's a tough gig, mate, but someone's got to do it. Ah, well, I look forward to seeing you back, nice and tanned, and lots of stories and pictures. I'll miss this feature and I'll slightly miss you, but alas, it'll only be three weeks. I'll see you back here. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. You're tuned in to the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Thank you so much for your texts that have been coming in on 71010. Uh, the most recent ones, uh, my question to you was, can you name some ducks without lisps? And we've got Scrooge McDuck and Howard the Duck. And I wrongly said earlier that Howard the Duck was a song. I'd mixed it up with a duck song. Easy to do. Howard the Duck was a movie, which, judging on the clip, is horrifying. Did you get a clip of how he sounds, Patrick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it would be pointless because it's just... A person it's just talking. a normal guy. Exactly. So even 
even though he had a massive beak in the pictures that I've seen, I haven't seen the movie, it didn't interfere with his speech pattern. S- speech completely unaffected by the enormous bill. Is it relevant how much the meal cost? <laughs> Sorry, that's rubbish. Um, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous that there was a movie called How the Duck, but you can't have a beak and not... Uh, it would definitely affect your speech in real life. That'll be, um, that's the text in next week when I'm not here. Would a bill affect your speech? How much? Next week. Good luck with that. Uh, right, to finish this week's show, I'm going to do uh, one of our little quizzes, I think, with you, Patrick. Since you're always a willing candidate. Or at least uh, you are paid for this, I suppose. So. But you seem to be quite willing. Absolutely. This week, are these sports real? Are these sports real? Uh, I'm not going to give you a great deal of detail or tell you where they are. Some of these sports are real. Some of them aren't. You tell me. Egg stealing. No, that's not real. Correct. It is not a real sport. Good start. The beer mile. I I can give you a bit of detail on that if you want. It's drink a beer, run a quarter mile. 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 Finish. Oh, that sounds awful, but maybe that is real. Americans. Is it real? Yeah. Well done. Jeez. Four beers, one mile, the beer mile. That sounds awful. Here's the rules. The beer must be consumed before the lap is begun. The race begins with the drinking of the first beer in the last metre of the transition zone to ensure that competitors run a complete mile. In other words, there's an allocated area where you can drink your beer. And then, of course, you're running. Um, Women also drink four beers in four laps. The path rule was that they could get away with three, but that was changed last year. So It's a new world. Equality. Amen. Uh, Competitors must drink canned beer, and the cans should not be less than 355 millilitres, the standard can volume. Bottles can be substituted for cans as long as they're the same size. But why would you? Because you couldn't get it out quick enough, could you? From a bottle? Yeah. Um, Various US towns uh, partaking this. Currently, the winner is Canadian. Doesn't it make you proud? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, One mile, four beers. Four minutes and 47 seconds. Which I don't know if I could run a mile in that. Never mind bang back four beers. It seems like a lot. It's amazing. Lewis Kent from Canada. Well done, you. Next, is this sport real or not? Rapid vodka distilling. A race to distill vodka while rowing a boat around an island on a lake in Russia. Yes, is that real? (laughs) No, I made that up and I'm really proud of it. That is brilliant, We might though. have inadvertently just invented it. That sounds like something, you know, Abramovich would do, though. It does sound very Putin-esque as well. He'd have his shirt off for that. Cheese rolling. Yeah, why not? Indeed, correct. The annual cheese chase at Cooper's Hill in England, where dozens of daredevil dairy devotees pursue a nine-pound round of double Gloucester down a 30% gradient slope with speeds up to 70 miles an hour. It's a gloriously eccentric sporting endeavour. Wouldn't have thought England. Well, I'm a Wisconsin. We're good, at, we're good at cheese, mate. Really? Oh, yeah, we're good at cheese. Don't knock the, never knock a Stilton. First, oh, that's where that comes from? You know Cheddar's in England as well, do you? You're kidding. Cheddar is a place in England. I bet they wish they bought the copyright on that. Tiddlywinks. I, I've heard of that. That's real, isn't that? It is correct. Well done. Yeah, it's not very I don't popular. know what that is. That's again it's English actually. Sorry to be some English this week. Um Winks, sometimes known as squidges or squaps, 
is a Victorian parlour game involving very small, flat, nowadays plastic discs that you try to hiccup into a small pot. Okay. That was a terrible description. Um, monkey tennis. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Alan Partridge for that one. If anyone... um, finally, toe wrestling. Uh, yes. He's correct! Well done. It was refused by the Olympic Committee, um, and the current winner of toe wrestling is Paul the Tominator Beach. Well, appropriate name. You Lucky uh, the Tominator uh, got into toe wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if tonight's show was good or not. I felt like it was quite good. I don't know if any of those facts are going to help anyone ever in anything. Maybe a pub quiz. Who knows? Maybe I've won someone some money somewhere. Uh, far more for upstanding radio coming away from Ed Keenan. I'll be back. Uh, I'm going to miss three weeks and then I'm back. So basically I'm back in a month and I'll be here having a jolly nice time. Um, but first I'm going to go and warm up. Take care. See you later, Pat. Cheers, mate. <laughs>